When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Here's a great song. Most people only know Heat of the Moment and Only Time Will Tell, but this is the group Asia, which makes a whole bunch of sense when Gordon Chang is about to come on. You've got Gordon Chang, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Dr. Mark Siegel, and Joseph Abood still to come. Very exciting final two hours today. Half the show, I should say. So Gordon uh, is a terrific follow on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. And I saw Gordon, my friend Gordon, on Fox News with our friend Carly Shimkus at about 5.40 this morning because our Treasury Secretary was a complete disaster. Bernard was right about that one. Janet Yellen landed in Beijing, I guess, today, and she'll be there for a few days, not long after Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, another disaster, was in China. So here he is to discuss all of it. My friend, Gordon Chang. Good morning, Gordo. Good morning, Sid. Nice to have you back. What, what is this this group? Um, I never introduce you this way. I always mention your Twitter handle, which I know is great. But this Gatestone group, that's how Fox News always introduces you, a fellow at the Gatestone group. What is that? Gatestone is an um, institute. It's in, based in New York City. Um, and Nina Rosenberg, um, she is the force behind that. She's got together a number of people um, who talk about foreign policy. And, you know, she doesn't have to do this. Um, she can spend her time in the Bahamas, you know, <laughs> drinking pina coladas. Um, but she's decided that saving America is uh, a little bit more important. So instead of being on the beach, she is fighting every day. Good for her. That is a great American. Well, let's uh, get to Yellen. We know why Blinken was there a couple of weeks ago. I guess he tried to lower the temperature, if you will, between the United States and China. What is the direct reason behind Yellen's visit today? The Biden administration thinks that if we continue to try to talk to China, uh, or reestablish lines of communication, that things will only get better. You know, Anthony Blinken, our secretary of state, tried that last month. That was a desperate failure. And I think that probably Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, is going to suffer the same fate. The problem is that the Chinese know that they've been acting dangerously, provocatively, belligerently. And so they know that they should be the ones trying to mend relations, not us. When they see us trying to mend relations, they view it not as responsible as the Biden administration thinks. They see it as a vassal acknowledging its subordinate status to the Grand Court of China. Now, 
we may think that that's ridiculous, but unfortunately, that's the way the Chinese view it. And because of that, you're getting some pretty bad results. You know, Blinken was a bad disaster, and Yellen is not going to be much better. I agree, Gordon. But Yellen, of course, works again with the Treasury Department. She's about money, right? She's about uh, the economy. And I know China's economy, for example, is not great. <laughs> that is a, an understatement these days. Is she going there with any any uh, any talks about China's economy, U.S.'s economy, world economy, any of that going on? Yeah, I would hope so. You know, she should try to create some leverage by saying your economy stinks. It's going down the hole and you can't save it. You can't save it without American money, without American technology. You need us. Um, and she should say that. And she should look at Xi Jinping and saying, I'm happy to see, you know, China disappear because the economy really is very, very bad. They say it grew 4.5 percent in the first quarter this year. You know, if it grew at all, it was like one percent, maybe one and a half could have even been zero. And the economy's gotten worse since then, Sid. So, you know, we've got a lot of leverage. The Biden administration's not using it. Gordon, I love it when you bring up Henry Kissinger. You did it this morning on Fox News, and he did it with me a couple of weeks ago. And you always say Kissinger has been wrong about a lot, but not about this one. And uh, as alarming as it sounds when you come on this show and just tell the truth, that's all you're doing about China. Henry Kissinger really thinks this is going to be a horrible ending. Tell us about that. Yeah. On June 7th, he gave a fairly extensive interview to John Micklewaith, who is the editor in chief of Bloomberg. And during that, um, Micklewaith asked him, um, you know, what's what's up with the United States and China over Taiwan? Um, Are we going to go to war? And. Henry Kissinger said that war between the United States and China is, quote, unquote, probable. And then he said things must change. The problem is the Biden administration is not changing its policies. And I think that Biden is actually increasing the possibility of going to war with some pretty weak policies. Biden thinks what he's doing is responsible, but that's not the way our enemy sees it. And by the way, the Chinese call us an enemy. We should understand that. Biden doesn't want to acknowledge that. When you say his policies are weak, give me an example of a policy that you would change. Give me one concrete, practical thing that Joe Biden can do, one, that would um, work in this case against China. Let me give you an example. Right after the spy balloon in January and February, the State Department immediately postponed measures that it was had scheduled to impose on China over genocide and some other stuff. Now, they postponed those measures because they didn't want to anger China. Reuters reported this, so China now understands it. That means China understands if it engages in some dangerous activity, it can get the United States to back down on something else. And that is basically giving them an incentive to even act worse. So really what we have seen is the Biden administration, with the best of intentions, basically creating the conditions for war. Henry Kissinger is right. Unless something changes, we will be in a war with China. And, you know, as 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 difficult as that is for people to believe, that's where we're going right now, Sid. You have any reason to believe that somewhere down the road, you keep mentioning if Biden changes his policies, there'll be some hope. Any reason to believe Gordon Chang at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter in your heart of hearts that this administration We'll reverse course, we'll do something, or do your worst fears, you think, become real sooner than later? There's always the possibility that the 
Biden will change his views um, because he'll see that his policies have created basically putting us on the brink of war. So I do have a hope that he will sort of come to his senses. But if you're asking me about probability, I'd say no. Remember Robert Gates, the defense secretary in the Bush and the Obama administrations, in his 2014 memoir, famously wrote that Joe Biden has been wrong on nearly every foreign <laughs> policy and national security decision yep. of the last four decades. Yeah. He's wrong now, and this time it has real consequences because it, because of his catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, we have the invasion of Ukraine. From the invasion of Ukraine, we're going to have something really horrible occur in East Asia. That's World War III because right now China and Russia are lighting up North Africa. They're creating these insurgencies that look like wars. This is the world at war. Do we have absolute proof, Gordon Chang, that the Chinese are in fact helping the Russians in their efforts against the Ukraine? Yes, 100%. We, we know all of this reporting about, first of all, from the very moments of the war, um, there was um, China providing location data to Russia. This was obtained by Chinese-made drones that Ukraine was operating. China was feeding that data to Russia. Russia was taking out the drone operators. That's lethal aid. Also, China's been selling drones to the Wagner Group. It has been selling ammunition and other high-consumption rate items. They're supplying parts for drones to Iran, which is send sending the drones to Russia. This is lethal aid. This is in addition to all the other economic, financial, propaganda, diplomatic support that China has been providing Russia. So really, we have an administration. You wanted an example. The administration, our administration keeps on saying, do not provide lethal aid to, to Russia for use in Ukraine. The Chinese are providing it. We know that the Chinese are providing it. The Chinese know that we know that China is providing it. They see our warnings as hollow. When a militant state sees the warnings of a democracy as hollow, nothing ever good happens, Sid. This is basically how World War II in Europe started. Hollow warnings from Britain and France. Germany ignored them. Invasion of Poland, September 1st, 1939. World at war. So let me ask you about Trump on the way out here. There's always terrific job. Gordon Chang, follow him right now. Go to Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Just do it, damn it. Don't ask me again. The, uh, sorry, I'm going to give myself a quote. Uh, Donald Trump, when he was president, it seemed like uh, Ping did a heck of a lot. There was no talk about China invading Taiwan. We've been over this. And he seemed to hold Ping in check, just like he did with Putin in Russia, just like he did with little Rocket Man in, in North Korea. Say what you want about Donald Trump. He, he found a way to keep these guys at bay and make sure there were no world wars going on at the time. Uh, should that be basically, in your opinion, his platform for the next presidency, that I'm the guy that will make sure that Ping doesn't do any of this? Yeah, he should say, I kept the peace for four years. You know, as I've said, there are a lot of things that Trump did foreign policy I didn't like. But the point is... Well, hold on, hold on. Give me one. Give me... But maybe you were mad that he called the, the, the COVID, you know, the China virus because... That no, 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 no. That's good. That's, that's good. good. Right. No, the, uh, the things I didn't like was, you know, when the Iranians grabbed uh, those U.S. Navy guys on the boat, on the pontoon boat. Yeah. He should have done something. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. He blew Soleimani up into about a thousand pieces at the airport, number two in charge in Iran. He killed right. the guy. He did that, though, after his Iran policy fell apart. And then he did the right thing. He blew Soleimani to kingdom come. Right. And that was a great thing. 
that was a really great thing because for the rest of the time of his administration, Iran was was defanged. But he there, there's a couple of incidents. Yeah, but don't forget, but, but he came into office after Kerry and Obama, those two creeps, made that deal with Iran and made Iran feel like they, they had leverage and mattered again. So it wasn't going to be overnight that Trump was going to basically decapitate them. And then he eventually yeah. did kill that guy, just like he killed Baghdadi. That was a huge kill. And, and the important thing also that Trump did on Iran was he withdrew from Obama's 2015 right. Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action because the Iranians were violating it. Obama you know, didn't withdraw, even though there was evidence that the Iranians were not um, playing by their obligations. Well, Trump saw it and he said, look, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to give the Cardin um, uh, certification. And he, he got out of it. And that was the right thing to do. And the one thing that the Democrats right now, especially Biden, who's trying to put together the deal again, you know, they're not acknowledging that Iran was violating Material obligations yep. of that deal. Yep, and every Trump day. did, and Trump yep. withdrew. That was a great thing. Yeah, my uh, of- my good friend Ben Weenthal, who writes or wrote for the Jerusalem Post, wrote a ton of stories. He, he split his time between Tel Aviv and uh, Germany, and he wrote a ton of stories where he had witnesses and he had documents proving that the Iranians were collecting nuclear uh, materials when they were told not to do anything for the better part of eighteen months. We had proof of that. And they still didn't do anything about it, Obama and Kerry. Right. And they and the Iranians were stuffing the IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, inspectors, and they were doing a lot of other stuff. Um, you know, and Trump had the courage to call them out. So that's good. Uh, the other thing I didn't like, I didn't like his North Korea policy. But the point is, you know, the point is we had peace for four years. We didn't have the bad guys getting together and, you know, attacking democracies. This was... This is the world's falling apart right now. And, you know, if you want a real world experiment in geopolitics, which very rarely come along, you see it right now. Putin invades and takes Crimea 2014 during Obama. Four years of Trump, Putin's stuffed in the box. You know, Biden becomes president. And what happens? Putin invades the rest of Ukraine. So that's clear. You know, (laughs) Trump policy worked. Yep. Right there. That ended it perfectly. Gordon Chang, as always, great, great, great informative conversation. Once again, folks, follow my friend Gordon Chang at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. And as always, excellent job, Gordon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid, and take care. You too. Great to have you. Gordon Chang right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident.